Welcome to Ngahire Talks, the show where we talk about, nah, we don't even know yet. We're just trying to figure it out, but come along for the journey. This is season one, the pre-season. Kia ora, kia ora, kia ora everybody. Welcome back to Ngahire Talks. I think we're at episode number eight. I can't believe how quickly it's gone. Eight episodes every week for the last eight weeks. And today I have with me the amazing Anya. I don't even know how to say your last name. So instead of saying it, you say it for us. Eh? Um, I'm Anya Satyanand. 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 Yeah. Awesome. Welcome to the show, Anya. Why don't you introduce yourself? I'll let you introduce yourself yourself. Oh, tēnā koutou katoa. Um, Koa Anya. Um, Tōku ingoa nor the Prince's Trust New Zealand. Aho. Um, I am, yeah, so delighted to be joining you for this kōrero-rero about, I don't know exactly what, but I'm sure we're going to talk about some interesting things. Um, I'm, like, I just, I think in terms of an introduction, I uh, I work for the Prince's Trust, I have for the last 14 months. Before that, I've, I mean, I've always worked with young people and um, and my new job is just working with young people in a in a different way. It's about um, I think for me, supporting and resourcing young people in their amazing kind of energy and vision for a different kind of world. And um, I think uh, the longer I'm in this world, the more impatient I am for a, for a new one. So um, yeah. That's awesome, and we're going to dig into that today, but kind of just to sum Anya up, she showed up for the podcast with a beautiful drink for me, um, and I think that's a really nice picture of, of who you are as a person, very open, very loving, very caring, so I'm looking forward to getting to know you a little bit more over this quarter, Anya, but I guess some like nice, easy, warm-up questions. Um, where did you grow up? I grew up here in, in Auckland. Um, I was born in, uh, in Freeman's Bay in 1978. Um, and uh, and moved uh, bounced around kind of central Auckland for most of my um, growing up life. We had a three year stint down in mighty Palmerston North for, Ooh, for three palmy. years, right? With the I lived in Palmy for three years. Did you? Yeah. Where did you live? Oh, I oh, moved what? around a bit. I was a student. Oh, okay, did yeah. you go to uni down there? Yeah, I went yeah. to UCOL. Oh, cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So. You know, I was little. I was like, we were four. I was four when we moved down there. Yeah. And, um, and, yeah, seven when we moved back up. But, awesome. Uh, yeah, and then I've lived in a few different. Um, I, 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 you know, you asked me about growing up. Mm, I still kind of Everywhere. feel like I'm growing up, yeah. <laughs> to be honest. So, I spent the last fifteen years down in um, Pōneke and mm-hmm. Te Whanganui Atara, um, teaching down there um, and working for an NGO. Um, but yeah, moved up at the beginning of this year to back to Tamaki Makoto, and man, it's. Uh, Ah, it's such an exciting place to live. So it's really nice getting to know the city that I um I was a kid in and, and did a lot of my growing up in. Yeah, beautiful. Mm. What's your favourite kai? Oh, <laughs> oh, so many. Uh, oh, mind is flooding with delicious food. I think, um, I think the um the kai of my forebears from from um from the Fijian Indian side of my family is really, uh, that's heart kai for me. My mm. belly gets full, my heart gets full when I mm. eat that kind of food. Um, but I just love food, honestly. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> it's hard to pin it down. I don't mind. <laughs> Edible food, that's my favourite. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Favourite kind of music or band or singer? Huh. I have been, um, I mean, since it came out, really uh, listening to Waiata anthems that has mm. been on 
repeat. Um, I, I mean, I I love uh, I love music that emanates from Aotearoa, honestly. Yeah. But I also love you know um, I love Latin music and I love um, some hip hop and I you know uh, I listen to a wide range a of music. A bit of Dolly Parton in there. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> Nine to five. <laughs> <laughs> I know you awesome. know. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and another one. This can be hard sometimes. But what's your favorite movie? All time number one movie ever. Um, so I, uh, uh, that's a big call for me, but I'm gonna have to reach back into the age of the kind of big carnivore disaster movie of the late 80s, early 90s, because that was totally <laughs> where I learned to love um, movies. And I'm gonna, I'm just gonna say, like, um, probably Aliens. Oh, yeah, big carnivore, alien, yeah. disaster, science yeah. fiction, mashed up with action. Yeah, and a bit of Predator. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Maybe some Jurassic Park. <laughs> Honestly, it's so funny. Like, <laughs> I always like asking these little questions at the start, but I feel like you get to know so much about a person by all of their different styles What's yours? And What's your favourite movie? Uh, I always say, my go-to that I say is Shawshank Redemption. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. But there's heaps. I That's love movies. That's a fave, yeah. I love stories. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Awesome. So, you... um. Work for the Prince's Trust, Aotearoa. Um, maybe just for those that haven't heard about it, what is the Prince's Trust? Mm. So uh, we we launched like just over a year ago um, and, and we launched really um, in relationship with a bunch of other Prince's Trust organisations that are kind of dotted around the globe. Um, when I was appointed, I was appointed by a New Zealand board who were like, go and talk to young people. Like, mm. we, we want to respond to Tough job, eh? what's needed, <laughs> right? Um, it, 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 in, in the context that young people are growing up in. So, like, you know, 27,000 charities in New Zealand and we were one of the two new ones that launched that week. Um, we don't, um, don't want to kind of... Um, yeah, I mean, I think we, we genuinely want to create positive change for young people. So I had the massive privilege of travelling around the motu at the end of last year and chatting to young people about what their hopes for the future were. Mm. And out of that, we generated a strategy. So our mission is to activate young New Zealanders as designers, creators and workers in a future economy that looks quite different to our economy of today. It's it's a future economy that they have talked about being equitable and sustainable. So... Um, that shaped all of our work since. Um, they also, like I think another, the other really important part of our um, of our organisation is our kind of six core values. So um, they are putting young people at the centre of everything that we do, um, being treaty-based, being biculturally responsive to a super diverse Aotearoa and super diverse young people, um, being hopeful and ambitious with everything that we do, collaborative, radically collaborative, so mahitahi is threaded through all our areas of work. Um, innovative, trying to learn as we go because, you know, that's um, that's just the right way of operating in the world, I reckon. Mm. And then the other one, which is kind of the hardest one to live up to, if I'm honest, is um, is fun. We place great value on on fun. Mm. And, and that's because we heard from young people that that was like, Important. you know, it's an imperative. Yeah, you can't, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, we've worked with Prince's Trust for a little while now. We're in our second collab. Well, one big one or two separate ones, however we want to look at it. 
But I could say that your team's pretty fun. Yeah, I, I have. T- we can give them a good mock, and they don't take it personally, <laughs> you know. Know how to have a laugh. So you're doing well on that front as oh, well. Killed it. Yeah, I have an amazing team, like a totally amazing. Yeah, they're team pretty choice. Today. They're pretty choice. Okay, so before um, before that, you were working at Arataiohi. What was your role there, and what is Arataiohi? So I was the EO, um, and uh, and Arataiohi is like an amazing organisation. So um, working to connect the youth sector to raise the standards um, across the sector in terms of practice and how organisations roll with young people um, to champion youth development, so to champion rights-based and strengths-based approaches to working with young people. And the fourth one, which is also super important, is to promote sustainability for people and organisations working with young people. So Yeah, and that's where the Code of Ethics sits as well, right? For, yeah. For youth workers, which is a, a really beautiful piece. Yeah. Um, important piece, I think, for youth work in, in Aotearoa. And then before that, you were a teacher. <laughs> um, so you've got a long history of working with young people, the younger generation. Why? What What drives you? Why are you so passionate about that, about young people? I, I mean, I think, if I'm honest, um, uh, I kind of ended up working with young people by accident. Mm. Um, but kind of arriving there, arriving in, like, as a really young teacher, I started teaching when I was, like, 22, mm. um, I realised how um, how incredibly um, energetic and visionary um, young people are and how energising and, like, inspiring young people are to work with. So I got something, I got something really profound out of that work. Yeah. Um, and I still do. Like I love working with young people because it, it it forces you to engage in a different way and what the future might look like. Because mm. actually, you're 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 working with the future. The um, like young people are like they're real right now, and they're taking leadership in really important ways right now. But they're actually also um, they are. Um, you know, they carry in them all of the seeds of potential for a really different and much more hopeful future. So yeah, that, yeah. that's it, really, is, like, I got heaps, I get heaps out of working with yeah. young people. I 100% agree. I've worked with Frangatani for a long time, and sometimes it's a little bit more selfish than it is mm-hmm. serving, eh? Because you just feel so good being around young people, supporting them, listening to what they have to say, um, and feeding off their energy. Yep. I agree. It's not mm. all altruism. And I yeah. think it's like one of the things that I love about youth work, to think about that that switch that I did from teaching to the kind of wider youth sector, I think teaching's like a profession where, you know, it's a job and you do it and, and education is what you do and you educate young people, which is almost like a doing too. Mm. With with youth work and kind of positive youth development, it's a really different approach at... at, at um, it acknowledges what you get out of the work with young people. You're not just doing stuff to young people. Yeah, You're yeah, building yeah. relationships, transformative relationships yeah. with young people that you also, you know, um, un- are, are transformed by. It's not just, yeah. It's a, yeah. it's a, it's a. I reckon it's a really wholehearted way of working. Mm. Doing that. So you've been you've been in it for years. You've been in the sector, right? Kind of s- at the kind of higher thinking level all the way down to working one 
one-on-one or hands-on with rangatahi, what do you think at this time in history is the most important thing or idea that's going on when it comes to supporting rangatahi in Aotearoa? Hmm. I Just think, casually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not a big question. <laughs> no jokes. Well, I mean, I think, like, I, I'm really mindful that I've had this incredible privilege of... of talking with heaps of young people over mm. the last 14 months. And I think one thing that is becoming increasingly apparent to me is that, um, you know, instead of, um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not throwing shade on on teachers teaching or school, mm. but actually our education system isn't transforming rapidly enough. Yeah, like yeah. that was something that we heard ancient. consistently from young people that mm. like they weren't getting what they needed for the world of work right now, let alone that of five or ten years' time mm. from their experiences at school. And so, like, you know, I, I mean, I think in my previous role I was really concerned with how do we um, how do we influence public policy, how do we influence governments to do the right thing by young people to, um, to push change along in the education mm. system, et cetera. And I'm, like, increasingly convinced in, in my in, – at the Prince's Trust that actually um, – not about transforming those institutions because there's something in institutions that is really resistant to change. Mm. Actually, what we need to do is just like get busy and build build the new world over here because mm. the old world is like it's actually it's already it's already been left behind. And what what young people deserve and what um, like my kids who are nine and ten what what they need is for like an alternative to to already be. Um, out there mm. and, and young people have got all the ideas I mean I think that's what we've been over the last six months in particular like man like let's just get on and support young people with um training and mentoring and resources and putia to get their ideas up and off the ground because mm. the answers lie with them it's yeah. not it's not about like oh trying to you know I don't know um re-educate teachers about what what's needed for the future of work. It's just like, man, you know, yeah. resource the young people to make the new world. Yeah, 100%. And so we were ch- chatting a little bit earlier and I love this um, this one sentence that you said. It said to deploy resources from the old world to build the new world. And so we're going to talk about that real soon. We're going to take a little short break first and come back and talk about that. Looking for a cool space to work or a legit venue for your next event? Everything you need is here at Te Hao Monaco. Located in the heart of Monaco City, a hop, skip and a jump from the Monaco bus and train station. We've got super fast Wi-Fi, coffee machine, great people and an awesome vibe. Book online at www.teha.nz. Let's go to Te Hao Monaco. Let's go. I love Becky's little voice in that. Anyway, um, deploying resources from the old world to build the new world. What do you mean by that, Anya? Well, um, you know, I think circular economics is something that um, that more and more people are reading about. And I don't have a deep knowledge of it mm. at all. But the reading that I've done says that actually we have to be building... Um, we have to be building things out of what already exists. And... Um, I think part of what uh, what we're focused on is um, is drawing new resources into this kind of work with young people, mm. drawing resources from um, 
like for example, you know, um, we the way that we've been set up, we've been we've received some kind of startup funds from the UK to build this kind of um, radically collaborative and biculturally responsive new organisation in mm. Aotearoa that is all about supporting and resourcing young people to make cool things happen. <clears throat> I think what um, what is exciting to me about the prospect of this work is that we are kind of it is almost like we're we're creating um, new stuff, new initiatives, new enterprises, supporting young people's ideas to get up and off the ground, using um, a set of resources that are new to this kind of work, but they're mm. they're resources that already exist out there in the ecosystem. So. <clears throat> It's a little bit unclear, but like, it's all right. but, it's but all right. we can explore that a little bit more. I mean, why, um, why not just throw them all out and build new ones? Maybe that's a good way to chat about it. Well, I mean, I think one of the things that we heard really clearly from young people right, f- right through our strategy kind of um, design process was that young for young people, sustainability principles around um, kaitiakitanga, uh, around environmentally. Um, conscious business ideas, um, you know, businesses that are reaching towards not just carbon neutrality but carbon positivity, all of these things are are the starting point for young people. They're not kind of having to retrofit. They're fundamental to the business ideas that young people are sharing with us and to the whole kind of philosophy and approach that young people are bringing into this space of entrepreneurship. Mm. And so in some ways our attitude is being shaped by the young people who we've talked to so far. Like, don't throw things away. Actually, you can't dispose of anything. It's going to be there forever anyway. And, yeah. like, why, why can't we build um, – yeah, why can't – I mean, we could get into a deeper conversation <laughs> here about, like, philanthropy. And, yeah, and, yeah. Um, Ooh, that one goes real deep, eh? Yeah. You get me racked up talking yeah. about that. And how, um, you know, the – I think, and certainly in New Zealand, um, there is a sense that philanthropy gets tasked with like innovation around social justice stuff, mm. and um, uh, and that's a big call because actually philanthropy gets generated by a set of economic relations mm. that produce great wealth and also great disadvantage yeah, yeah. So i mean fundamentally that's kind of problematic so mm. how do we shift the balance and think about a uh, new set of relationships that actually um yeah disrupt patterns of inequality and mm. all of those things yeah yeah, yeah. that's awesome <laughs> Did you just talk yourself into a knot there? <laughs> no, I no, I I believe in that stuff yes, so much. 100%. There but are so about, many topics say eh, that we yeah, could I know. that we could unpick right here. It yeah. happens every time I do a podcast. I'm like, oh, I want to talk about that and yeah. I want to talk about that. Um, but I lo- I mean, I do love this quote about Rangatahi, and I think even this new kind of wave of young people that are coming through that are, are a lot more socially conscious that are about things like sustainability and, mm. and caring about the future the kaitiakitanga that's in them is, is so much stronger than you know potentially the generations before them which is which is amazing I mean have you seen any things yet that that you're just like man we've got to get all up on this or or like or maybe even a better way to ask that question is why did you guys choose the economy or the youth economy as a focus mm. Well, for, <clears throat> well, there are a few. I mean, few different reasons. So, part of it is the fucker papa of our organisation, which, mm. um, 
uh, it launched in 1973 in the UK in wow. response to a whole lot of stuff that was going on there. So <clears throat> um, uh, the early 70s in the UK was a, was a time of real economic disenfranchisement for young people. Mm. It was also a time of um, real tension between and within communities. So, so uh, the, the Commonwealth was flooding into the UK. There were people mm. from India, from Pakistan, from, um, from right across Africa and a lot of the kind of old colonial states where um, there, was a, there was a pathway for peoples to the UK. That was causing massive tension in mm. the UK. And um, and the Prince's Trust has had a real focus on building social cohesion by giving young people pathways into work, employment, enterprise, that kind of stuff. Mm. And what I like about that, I think, is that um, often we think in New Zealand, I think that a lot of the policy settings, a lot of NGO work is about like coming in and fixing communities, coming yeah, in and yeah. fixing young people. Oh, the young people are broken, they need intervention, yeah. they need counselling, they need support, they need um, they need to be shown a, a, a different world or whatever. And actually I think fundamentally what we heard from young people is that they're not broken, they've got amazing ideas mm. and total strengths and superpowers, mm. regardless of where they were, from young people in Kawaro through to young people in Gisborne, Whangarei, all these young people that we talked to, they, they were not broken they were amazing 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 young people they faced disadvantage for sure and they had all sorts of roadblocks in the way between them and like um work or getting into a career all those sorts of things but i what i like about the approach <coughs> that our Fanonga in the uk have taken is that actually uh young people aren't broken they just need to be connected with opportunity. And I think that that was really consistent with what we heard from young people, that young people in the regions in particular face some big issues around transport, housing. Mm. Um, and, and yeah, those things do need kind of policy settings and all sorts of things to kind of put them right. But it's, those are not problems with the young people. <laughs> They're problems with the kind of system that the young yeah, people are growing up exactly. in. So I think we've very much put in the centre of our work, well, how do we... Um, how do we connect young people with opportunity? How do we understand that <clears throat> uh, social and economic well-being are completely connected? Social and economic development are completely connected. You can't do social development without uplifting yeah. the financial circumstances of whānau, of communities. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> I think it's a... Um, I mean, the, we we face some big challenges here in Aotearoa, um, and and some really kind of you know I think a lot of the time uh, issues that young people are facing are, are described or perceived as like wicked problems. They're complex. They're super difficult to solve. Mm. Um, and I I think I fundamentally disagree with with that. Mm. I think um, what we've learned is that young people need um, people around them who believe in them. Yeah. Um, they need to be connected with opportunity. And through all of that stuff, then their own self-belief can kind of grow. And, yeah. So that that's not a complex answer, actually. Yeah. It might be a complex problem, but, um, but actually the solutions are pretty simple. Awesome relationships. Um, yeah. Opportunities. And... Um, 
and yeah, just a, a belief that actually all of us have have strengths yeah. and that we're not problems to be solved. Yeah. Young people are not problems to be solved. They're in fact the solution. So yeah. And then I think on top of that the resources, which is hey, the thing exactly. we talked about before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I hundred percent agree with that. I think in all of my years of youth work it was always the same. Like I used uh, when I worked in Mount Roscoe, we used to People would always say, just ask what the young people want and just do that. And we did that for a little while, but we found out pretty quickly that young people, they wouldn't, they can't say or can't ask for something they don't know about. And so then we flipped our script a little bit to be a little bit more like, how can we just bring more opportunities in and then allow them to respond how they want to respond? Um, and that was an amazing approach. We found that then what the young people were saying back to you was it had a little bit more depth to it and it wasn't just regurgitation of what they'd seen or what they'd heard their older brothers and sisters saying or mm. anything like that. I mean, that community was the very first time that I heard a primary school kid say to me, I live in a low socioeconomic uh, community, you need to give me that for free. Mm. And I just saw that and was like, man, how embedded is this, like all ingrained in this young person's thinking, that sense of, sort of a sense of entitlement but also a sense of like manipulation but how do I like I can just I can just kind of bludge off whatever everyone else is going to give me and I thought man we gotta we gotta do some different things here we've got to show them how they they can actually create what they want for themselves mm. I suppose so that whole thing around opportunities I, I 100% agree and then the resources itself to make that happen and I think that was one of the most unique things I saw in enterprise program that um, Princess Trust offered was access to resource as in access to money that could help them get their idea off the ground and that's actually quite hard to come by yeah it's an important it's an important factor as well yeah it is training mentoring and then finance yeah yeah get things happening why don't you just give a little quick summary about enterprise and and how it's gone so far oh man amazing so um enterprise Aotearoa uh is like it's an it's a New Zealand specific um, program that that draws on some of the successes of the enterprise program in the UK. Mm. Uh, eighty more than eighty six thousand successful businesses have launched off the back of that program in the UK. But actually, wow. what we right, which is extraordinary. Mm. Um, but I think what we heard uh, from young people here, part of when we were talking strategy with young people. I think in the first couple of workshops that I ran, I I asked them um, a, a question about entrepreneurship, mm. and they were like, "Nah, that's not something that happens around here. Mm. Uh, that's something that happens, you know, I don't know, in in in, in the city. Mm. Um, it happens, but it's not done by young people that look like me." Um, and I thought we we, we like we really really uh, rumbled with that because I think um, what we heard from those young people was actually incredibly entrepreneurial. They had amazing ideas for kind mm. of startups and community initiatives. That actually, we were all about like finding and chasing down opportunities and and turning them into stuff that would uplift Fano, uplift uplift communities, that kind of thing. Um, and we found a really amazing um, series of, of uh, essays by Te Orungunui, uh Josie Keelan, who is amazing youth development theorist and writer. 
um, who talked about Maui preneurship, mm. who talked about um, uh, how the, the kind of archetype of, or the tupuna of Maui actually modelled entrepreneurship and in, in th- through all of the Tutanga. Hey, exactly, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. it's that, and so we we kind of integrated that in and woven um, s- some cultural threads through the program um, that that grounded it uniquely in a context of Aotearoa where yeah, young people don't necessarily go, oh yeah, no, that's me. Mm. Like I see myself. That's a pathway that's open to me. So we recognised that there needed to be a little bit of calabash smashing in terms of how we think about entrepreneurship and how we make that available to and accessible to young people, particularly young Māori, but also other young people who might not necessarily go, oh, yeah, that's that's for me, yeah, that yeah. thing over there, that's for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, And I think the other really cool thing that we did with, with that we've done, with, with we've run enterprise with two groups of young people, one here in the beating heart of South Auckland in Manako Teha or Manako uh, te Ngahi, oh, Ngahiri communities, Ngahiri oh, okay. communities, and and we partnered with Ngahiri and with Shopify to do an e-commerce focused mm. enterprise course, and that was amazing. Mm. Um, part of what was amazing about that was the kind of collaboration and all the magic that that created. Also, the magical space that mm. I think. Uh, we were hosted in that's generated so much entrepreneurial activity. Eh? Yeah, um, the home of young creatives. Um, and Come on. Yeah, and and so and and young the young people who came and uh, did that course reflected really positively on what they learned, and all of them are on a kind of positive pathway forward uh, with their ideas. Mm. Um, the next iteration was up in. Uh, here in the sunny Bay of Islands and when we talked to young people up when we were kind of setting up to do the uh, the enterprise delivery up there what we heard from young people was that actually there was this whole space of opportunity around tourism and sustainability but mm. also te ao Māori like the linking of those three things together mm. um, and so again we partnered with um, QRC who are a PTE who do kind of tourism training for young people um, and uh, and, a, and a couple of other kind of people who were keen to come support the kaupapa. And that too was amazing. Different kind of set of ideas, yeah, a really yeah. different flavour in terms of the, the content. But it was really responsive to what the opportunities for young people were in the ecosystem that, mm. you know, surrounded the programme delivery. And yeah, and look, I mean, I think um, we learned loads yeah. about... Um, about what was useful for young people in terms of like two, three days. Um, it was more like a noho up in the far north because young people travelled from all over the far north and we mm. provided accommodation and that kind of changed the the vibe a little bit. I think we're going to keep on prototyping yeah, with choice. communities um, and and setting young people up with, with kind of powerful mentoring relationships on their on, ongoing journey and, mm. and then... Yeah, accelerating their uh, their trajectories with with putia and and encouragement and belief belief in them. Yeah, yeah, They're that's the cool thing eh, about being able to flex um, and shape what you do based on who's actually there and their environments, mm. not based on. I guess what I mean to be honest with you, the first quarter all we had with um, your team around this project and the whole concept of bringing something from the UK and planting it on here was like 
warning bells for me. Mm-hmm. But it was really awesome to watch how the team unpacked that and found a way to apply it to I the mean, context that that's here, which was choice. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I think that the world of NGOs is a real risk um, around, you know, saviour complex that happens oh, in the space where you ride into town. I got all the answers. It's <laughs> Here cool. we are. Yeah. The people you've got been the waiting answers. for. You're the problem. We're the solution. <laughs> do you know? And it, oh, like that is so. I have those conversations regularly with people, with yeah. what we're doing here in South Auckland. Yeah. Yeah. And what? having to just push them back. Despite their beautiful, like, intentions, they're not always malicious, but it's still like, it's just the same thing. Yeah. It's we've got to break out of this and you need to stop thinking that you have all the answers and our success is dependent on your involvement. Yeah. I think that's exactly right. And I think um uh I think, you know, if I think about our six values, we check ourselves against those all the time. Mm. And um that the the kind of combination that young people at the centre, but also young people don't grow up in a in a vacuum. Mm. It's um they grow up in their community and and uh, and now they grow up globally. Like yeah. they're connected around the world. Yeah, like it's it's such a different paradigm. Eh. One last question though. So the um, what is he? He's not the owner, the founder, the patron, the founder, the man behind the Prince's Trust is Prince yep. Charles, mm-hmm. and he came over a couple of weeks ago. How was that? Was he happy with your work so far? He, so, <laughs> like, I mean, that was all, it was, it was a, it was a wild week. Yeah, um, I think the highlight, I, I, like, I, I do think that the highlight of the trip for him was meeting some of the young people that we've worked mm. with so far. So he has personally backed us to get this thing up and yeah. off the ground. He totally believes in enterprise. I think the really beautiful thing for me was seeing this, deep alignment emerge between everything that young people have told us around sustainability uh, and everything that he's kind of championed for decades in terms of, you know, farming practices and, like, um, things. I mean, people – he, and he said this to, to Kyle, you know, like people used to th- think that I was completely mad <laughs> with my with, – with th- thinking about sustainability and, and, and building a green economy yeah, yeah. and all that kind of stuff, different ways of producing food. Mm. He loved meeting Kyle. Like, yeah. um, Kyle was uh, – Kyle spoke at an event that we held, but he also um, – uh, HRH also met with a, a bunch of other young people who, like, for example, he came up to Paihia for the enterprise delivery and met the 16 mm. young people that we were working with up there. And he just, he, I mean, I think that was the, well, I like to think that that was the highlight of his trip, was meeting some of those young people, hearing some of their ideas and their positive vision for the future um, and, and, and really feeling that deep alignment between all that value st- stuff, right, around sustainability that he's been in amongst forever and that young New Zealanders are kind of picking up and running with in all sorts of really new and exciting ways. So Yeah, awesome. Yeah. yeah. What an awesome job you've got, eh? <laughs> so thank you so much for joining us today. Um, we are, like I said before, we're in our second collab with Princess Chest and we've got our Made of Monaco pop-up shop coming up real soon from the 14th to the 20th of December. Um, so we should have 30 Māori, Pacifica or South Auckland brands um, out there for people to purchase their Christmas 
gifts. A few of those brands come through, have come through the Enterprise Program, which is really awesome. So looking forward to that. If you guys are around, make sure you, you come out. But thanks for thanks for joining us, Anya. It was great to have you. Sure, Manawa. Ka Thank kite. you so much. Hey, kona. Thanks so much for listening in. We hope you enjoyed it. We'd love to hear back from you. So why don't you connect with us, look for us, Ngahere Communities, on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. We'll see you next time on Ngahere Talks. Kia pai tora.